All right, we're back with episode two of Call to Personality. We thought it'd be fitting, since it's getting close to the holiday season, to do the Star Wars Holiday Special. Although technically not really listed as a, a movie, it's still like an hour and a half, so it's a movie. Okay, they can give us a runaround if they want. I don't care. I don't give a sh I don't give an F. It's a movie. I'm joined uh, today by... Uh, it's me. You know how you know how I be. Who is it? It's Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Um, can you try to describe to us maybe before we get started the story of the holiday special? I'll certainly try. Yeah, try your best. best. Basically, Chewbacca and Han Solo are trying to get to Kashyyyk, the Wookiee home planet, to to have Chewbacca celebrate Life Day with his family. What's Life Day? Life Day is the super special non-denominational holiday they've chosen Okay. for the special. All right. So, you know, you can insert your Hanukkah, your Kwanzaa, or... Whatever you want. Whatever you, you give a right damn about. And while Chewbacca and Han Solo try to get back to kashik very enthusiastically i might add especially from harrison ford here very he wants him there he's he he really puts his all into this like this is maybe he wore his heart on his sleeve for this performance it's absolutely incredible like if you thought that he was enthusiastic playing indiana jones when he went snakes why did it <laughs> why did it have to be snakes you're gonna you're gonna be blown away by this this is like it's fantastic. He has like th three minutes of screen time, but they're they're just perfect. And w so, as Chewbacca's family is on Kashyyyk, uh, s attempting to celebrate Life Day, waiting for Chewbacca and Han Solo to arrive, uh, some Imperials come, and there's um, a hologram about acrobats, and then there's like a VR adult entertainment portion. And then, uh, it's a great time. It's a, and then, you know what? At the end of the day, like all holiday specials, everyone's together. They got their hands around the table, praying to the one true Christian God. <laughs> and that's all you need to know. And that's the whole special, really. Yeah. Um, this was before Empire Strikes Back. It was really made to kind of tie, like, tied audiences over for the time being. And if you know anything about it, uh, you know that George Lucas hates this thing. And he, he's pretty much done everything in his power to remove it out of any sort of canon. Because this was supposed to be canon. It's still canon to me. Is it? Yeah, because like, like, you know, Disney will say, I don't believe in the canon idea where it's like, uh, Marvel will say this is canon. And, uh, you know, like, like, no. Like when DC... Recently, DC said, like, something which I actually liked, and I usually shit on DC on my other show, but they said, only the best stories are canon. Mm. Okay, and I said, yeah, they're right. So, you know what? This is canon. Because um, originally, before Disney bought Star Wars, like, George Lucas and his team or whatever had kind of this canon uh, storyline that included expanded universe stuff. Yeah. And then when Disney bought Star Wars... They were like, no, movies are canon. Everything else is legends. 
And Clone Wars is canon too. Yeah, and Clone Wars. And Clone Wars, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. That's all you get. And I guess now Mandalorian. Mandalorian is canon. Yeah. Anything Disney done is canon. And then Clone Wars and the movies, I guess, is. And that's it. And everyone else can fuck off. Yeah, all the other Who cares? Right. Um, so, yeah, this was to tide audiences over between um, between New Hope or just Star Wars then, the 1977 Star Wars. It wasn't titled The New Hope yet, and Empire Strikes Back. And this piece of shit is <laughs> <laughs> it's popular for a few reasons, but the big one was that it was the first time that audiences got to see Boba Fett. Yes, and in, in, in actually uh, rather... I don't want to say excellent because it's not a perfect piece of animation. No, but it's a total it's a total gem to me. Uh, a piece of animation done by Toronto-based studio Nelvana for this piece that has the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah, and it's it's like the actually only good thing about the special. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Boba Fett originally he was uh, supposed to be. Well, originally Darth Vader was supposed to be a bounty hunter, uh, based off of. Uh, what's the Clint Eastwood character, uh, the man with no name? From the Dollar Trilogy? Yeah, yeah. the man with no name. Uh, he w- Darth Vader was supposed to be a bounty hunter based off of Clint Eastwood. Uh, and then, obviously, that wasn't the case later on in the, scre- like the screenplay. And so they wanted to make a bounty hunter for Empire. And they also had an idea to make super stormtroopers and just a bunch of other cool stormtrooper ideas and they decided to just kind of fuse the two ideas of old Darth Vader concept art and super stormtrooper concept art and they made Boba Fett Um, and they did a VHS test screening of Boba Fett where he's in all white and they scrapped that idea almost entirely like right off the bat because they wanted to his armor and his colors to kind of tell his story for him and then the first public appearance of Boba Fett was at some county fair, a parade in California. Like before the special? Yeah. <laughs> so some kid in California saw Boba Fett before anybody else. Yeah. Uh, but what was weird is that this in the special, his colors are completely different than the parade Boba Fett. Because that was just the regular Boba Fett colors at the parade. But in the special, they're kind of, they're completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and there's there's two things I wanted to add, and 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 it went back to the canon thing. Number one, um, this is I guess it's not canon, I guess, but Chewbacca's father in this, who is nicknamed Itchy, yeah, is actually mentioned in Solo Star Wars story. I saw that when I was doing research for this. When? I don't know. It it says it on the Wikipedia. Really? Yeah. So well, like he's he's not mentioned as Itchy. I think he's mentioned as whatever his his gobbledygook star wars name is like achitababu yeah um but yeah so i guess it's like somewhat canon or at least they took aspects of it because well i've pretty much erased solo a star wars story out of my uh brain oh yeah i didn't need any of that shit holding up (laughs) important space in there so that's gone. It wasn't worth the fi- five megabytes of memory. No. So, y- yeah, going back to the story, Star Wars Holiday Special is basically about, when you boil it down, it's about, like, the story. If you So, okay, let me just say this. If you haven't seen it, Star Wars Holiday Special is follows a story that Matt set up, but it's interjected with a ton of variety segments. 
Yeah, in essence, it's like a it's a variety entertainment show like they used to do, but they don't anymore. Where they'll be like, we'll have a segment where there's acrobats, and yeah. they'll do a performance, and there's a sort of musical section, and then there's like a the band performs the famous Jefferson Starship. Yeah, the the New Order to um, Jefferson Airplanes' <laughs> Joy Division. Yeah, and stuff like that. Um, and of course, it's atrocious. Not just because not because all variety shows are atrocious, just because this is the worst thing ever. They drag like actual actors and actresses of esteem in here, like Art Carney and B. Arthur and Diane Carroll, who have all been nominated for Academy Awards, and they're just dancing around in their funny clothes and. Uh, it's just fucking embarrassing, really. Yeah, it's it, it's it's atrocious. A lot of the stuff I realized was just recycled. All of the costumes are recycled. There's a cantina scene where they basically just rip off the Moss Eisley cantina. And I looked this up. There's only two new characters in the in the cantina segment, and the cantina segment is broadcasted to all Imperial troopers in the galaxy and they have to watch well my my rebuttal to that is that when you go to when you go to taps on a friday night to watch the jets game you see the same 20 boomers there watching the game so why would the Mos Eisley? why would they change up the that's the fair. clientele um th- one thing that was funny is that there's a character named bloodlow in the <laughs> group and he literally is just a repurposed greedo uh, the exact same costume and everything. There was a an, a lookalike to Greedo in A New Hope too, which was called Beedo. Uh You see him in the backgrounds of some scenes, but it's just so funny that it's just it's straight up Greedo, and they've now named him Bloodlow. My favorite guy in the cantina scene, and maybe all of Star Wars, is just the guy in like a devil Halloween mask. Yeah, that one's he's great. T- he's tied with the guy in the in the wolf Halloween. The wolf mask. mask. Yeah, those are probably my two. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get into the lore of those. Guys. I'm gonna read the Wikipedia for those guys. Out you there. gotta. I have to. They they probably have like deep backstories and in, in like from the Dark Horse comics or something. Uh, what was really funny was that when w- the movie starts, it shows credits for all of the characters, and it says you know Anthony Daniels as C3PO, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, and it says R2D2 as R2D2. I was really <laughs> confused because I thought that Kenny Baker was going to be playing R2-D2 again in this. but And then they just didn't give him any credit. He he wasn't in this. It was just a remote control. It was a remote control op- operated by Lucas's receptionist. Yeah. So I think what happened was Kenny Baker read the script first. Yeah. And then was kind of like, you know, maybe I'll just stay home this time. <laughs> maybe, like, you guys have fun without me Yeah. for today. The thing that pisses me off about George Lucas and his famous quote, because he says he says the quote that's something like, if I could find this movie, um, every copy of this movie and smash it with a hammer, I could. That's what he says, right? Yeah. Um, is that there's so much, so much of this movie is because of him. Mm-hmm. Number one, he had the idea of the Wookiee family, the story centering on the Wookiee family. Mm-hmm. And one of the writers said, hey, maybe we shouldn't have the story sent around a group of creatures that cannot speak English or just grunt. And Lucas said, no, 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 just let it let it slide. The other thing is apparently he got like dailies from every day on set. So like he had to approve these. 
I didn't. I don't know. I didn't read that. Uh, that was what one of that was what I believe a costume designer alleged is that he got dailies of these. What what I that could be true. What I read though was that this was uh, during when they're pretty much getting into the thick of Empire Strikes Back, and he just did not have the time uh, yeah. for it anymore. So he just basically said, "You guys do whatever you want." No, and uh, I mean, like, I'm not saying I'm not saying this thing is George Lucas's fault. I'm just saying, like, it's funny to me that he's I'm gonna I want to smash this with a hammer, and I can sympathize with a certain degree because Star Wars is a baby. And like they totally bastardized this yeah. in this, but like he also like you got to take a little bit of the responsibility for this. Yeah, for sure, especially when the whole idea of like the Wookies comes from him, because originally in the original Star Wars, the story was supposed to be a story inside of a story where Wookie parents were telling Wookie kids about the story of Luke Skywalker, and that, so he just repurposed the whole movie is just shit being repurposed in this movie he, he just repurposed that wookie idea and said okay here's what he basically had was a wookie bible he said take this wookie bible it was just this huge book full of wookie culture and lore and he said make make something with this and then he's like, what the movie's a piece of shit Wh- what what no you know what who, what can we expect from the man who brought us the Ewoks. I hate the Ewoks. Ewoks are fine. The Ewoks ruined the trilogy. No. They're f- they, they're just toys. How could they have done this to me? Ewoks are fine. People that complain about the Ewoks, okay, they're at least they, at least they cared, okay. About the Ewoks? No, no, no. At least the Ewoks cared about a cause. You know, they wanted to take <laughs> down the Empire. What, like, you know, contrast that with Jar Jar. What does he care about? Nothing. The Ewoks didn't care about anything. They just they just cared about them and their dumb religion or whatever, and they got C-3PO. Isn't it like C-3PO says, go do what we say? They just listen to C-3PO. They no, don't have a cause. No, he never. S- I'm pretty sure he never s- tells them to go attack the Empire. He just says, let go of Luke and Han because they were going to roast them. I have to say, though, one of the most... Uh, unexpected emotional moments for me is in Return of the Jedi when one of the Ewoks gets like blown up and then another Ewok yeah. waddles up to him and it like taps him on the shoulder like wake up and he doesn't wake up Yeah, and then it just cuts away from them forever and you just have to sort of have that on your conscience um, until the end of time. <laughs> for sure. Um, so yeah, going back to Star Wars Holiday Special, there's itchy, lumpy Mala and Chewbacca, and Mala's a fine uh, Wookiee name, but Itchy and Lumpy are not names, okay? I don't know who, what, what think tank over at the Holiday Special uh, design team came up with Itchy and Lumpy. They were <laughs> out to lunch. <laughs> well, yeah, Luke said earlier that they, they sound like members of the Donkey Kong family, which yeah. is funny. The other thing is that what's funny about this, and I'll say this to Luke, was that they, of course, Star Wars fans, every little detail gets its own big lore. And, you know, Itchy and Lumpy, that doesn't gel with the Star Wars fans' brain in the lore. Why would they be named Itchy and Lumpy? So they gave them expanded names, Lumperoo, yeah, or Lumperwarump, depending on which discerning Star Wars fan you ask. Mala is, like, I don't even know. Itchy is, like, what I mentioned. Go watch Solo again if you want to hear his name pronounced. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but it's just funny. I just think that's funny because uh, they have to have Star Wars name. They can't be Itchy 
and lumpy. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised to a certain degree that the fans have not retconned Luke because Luke is like a normal name to be like Lu- Luke something else. Yeah. It's the only normal name, I think. And Ben Kenobi. Well, I mean, Leia. Leia's not that normal. I've no- I know some Leias. If, like, I don't know if it's spelled that way. Leia Organa. I mean, at least, I mean, even the last name is kind of weird. Luke Skywalker is like the only straightforward name. It's just a classic hero name, but I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So when they aren't showing segments, and we'll get into segments soon, um, they the whole story pretty much takes place in this Wookiee household. And the Wookiee house, maybe this is just me, but look at Chewbacca. Look, look at kind of how he acts, how he speaks, and think about where, what sort of house he would live in, okay? In the Star Wars Holiday Special, they're living in a fully furnished uh, Brady Bunch house, okay? It's not fitting, in my opinion, for a Wookiee. And I have, I just have to say that I don't, I think Wookiees can live anywhere. They can be of any sort of social class and standing. I don't really agree with what Luke's saying, but okay. Like it, it just doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't make sense because in in the original Star Wars, Han's talking about how uh, if if a Wookiee loses at a game of chess, he'll rip your arms out. This uh, this is just a very primal character for them to li- be living in this house that has green carpet. That's just uh, like when that's like when people say you know black people smoke crack. Like <laughs> what? Do all black people? Do some black people smoke crack? Yeah. That's just a stereotype, though. It's only, like, some black people, s- not all black people smoke crack. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I'm what I'm trying to say is that, like, people have these perceptions about Wookiee and Wookiees, and you're kind of perpetuating them, and it's and it's a bit discriminatory, and I'm not really, <laughs> I don't really gel with it. So I'm and, and Mala's wearing, like, this apron. It's the most ridiculous thing. There's a scene where Mala is cooking bantha meat, which is an animal off of Tatooine. I, they just kind of got lazy once again, and they're just yeah, they're they're cooking bantha meat, I guess, because that's the only animal they have to go off of. And it's so it it's it hasn't aged well. That the butt of the joke in the segment where she's cooking is she's watching a cooking show, and it's a guy cross dressing in the cooking show. Yeah, who's <laughs> and it's supposed to be funny. It's Harvey Corman. <laughs> yeah, it's Harvey Corman. He plays Volcano Head in the Cantina scene, uh, the unfunny robot that helps um, that Lumpy r- set up his Commodore sixty four. That r- the robot segment is arguably the most interesting part of the whole movie. It makes you wonder, like that above everything, like the ver- like the cross dressing. It's always been like a ha ha thing in TV show. I don't know whoever found. A man dressing up as a woman, funny. Yeah, I don't know who's who saw that and go went haha, but whatever. And you know acrobatics and stuff. But the the robot portion where he's like this back, where he's like this malfunctioning computer program, uh, borderline experimental. I have to say that was probably my that was probably my favorite portion next to the animated Boba Fett so, portion because it was so silly. I don't know. It was it was really good. That's all I have to say. The animated Boba Fett portion is so weird, too, because so what happens is Lumpy sets up his Commodore 64 that he can watch TV shows on. 
And while the Imperial Imperials are invading the Wookiee home looking for Chewbacca, and it's kind of racist because they're just like, th- he, this Wookiee might live here. Well, I don't know if you can talk about racism in regards to the Wookiees. I, be- I just said just that said. the set, we, you know, it doesn't fit. Well, okay, well. It's just like, you know, if Clint Eastwood in the cowboy movies went back to his home and it was some modern... Uh, minimalistic home, you'd say, wow, that is unfitting of this character. Yeah, because that wouldn't have been around in 1960. Look. If if that had been Luke's house, you would have said nothing. You'd be like, okay, that's Luke's house. No, that would also be weird. Well, you know. Because he's living on a desert planet. Yeah, I mean, on like, Kashyyyk, I mean, it's a huge jungle planet. If, if And they're he, living in carpeted homes with TVs and, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, it's so, and... They're giving presents, and Lumpy gets a Commodore 64. And it's weird because I can compare it to Kashyyyk in Episode 3, which is... But we don't talk about that. We already Why? No, nah, like, you know, midichlorians, you know? Y- well, y- midichlorians y- weren't in Episode 3, so... What? Uh, just, you know, 1 through 3. Just, that doesn't matter. Whatever. That's really convenient. It's not that, it's pr- it, it's not that convenient, really. This is this is this to me is more Star Wars than the prequels because you know what I'll say it. Well, come on, you know what R slash whatever whoever whoever these guys are that are that love the prequels so much for no reason other than they're not memes. the new movies and the memes. Yeah, yeah, give me a call. Uh, so Lumpy's setting up his Commodore sixty four. The Imperials are tearing apart the the Wookiee home and he watches this TV show and in so he watches a show about rebels and it's a so it's a televised short about Luke and Han and Leia that he he's I don't even know how to explain it 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 basically he's it's essentially a, a Star Wars cartoon like we would watch, but he's watching it in universe. In universe. So it makes you wonder who made the short. Yeah. How is it being broadcast? Yeah. How do they know all these details about all these characters? Yeah. Was this a true story? Yeah. We don't we don't know. And we have to assume that it's a true story or something because an Imperial officer walks by and says, like, what are you looking at? And he changes the channel. Yeah, so it, so like in universe he is watching that, wait, and that was such an odd thing. That was such an odd decision. Now, obviously, they didn't give a, a damn about this movie, but that was like that was like a mind bending decision to have in uh, a star a cartoon about Star Wars in a Star Wars show, yeah, and have a character watch it. I don't know. It was it's silly. It looks nice though. It it looks really great. Like it's very classical. The animation for it. Uh, like C three PO blinks in it, like he wouldn't blink obviously because he's a robot. And R two D two kind of bops around like Steamboat Willie, Mickey Mouse, and um, the f- story basically follows Luke um, and the and the gang. They're on this planet searching for a crystal, some sort. A MacGuffin. Yeah, and then Boba Fett appears to. To help them out because the crystal actually is poisoning them or who cares. <laughs> and then he goes to the town with Chewbacca. No, with Chewbacca? Yes, he does go with Chewbacca. Yeah, and finds the antidote or whoever cares for the 
fucking dumb <laughs> problem. Or whoever the fuck. Yeah. And and then he talks to Darth Vader to r- big reveal that he's actually bad. And then somehow R2-D2 intercepts this or something. And, <laughs> and then they get back and Boba Fett is there. And then C-3PO is like, hey, actually, he's a bad guy. And then he just runs away like a little bitch. Then they t- it's funny because they turn because they're like actually C three P is like actually R two D two said that he is communicating with Darth Vader and they turn around he's backing out the door with his <laughs> gun like uh, okay and then he blasts out of the ship and he uh, he says something like ah we'll meet he, we'll, we'll meet, meet again friend we'll meet again friend and it's funny because uh, in the cartoon he's kind of like he's kind of a classic bad guy. And the other funny thing is that his whole shtick is, I guess, that he's he's a uh, he's very cunning in his betrayal. Yeah. But then, like in the movies, he's just a quiet guy and he just shoots really good. Yeah. He's really overrated. I don't get the hype for Boba Fett. I never have. He looks cool. I he he looked cool. He looked the coolest in Empire when he had all the uh, braids of hair, like of people that he killed on his shoulder, and then they got rid of that for some reason. I guess they thought it was too graphic or. Who cares? Uh, but I always thought that the other... I was always more intrigued by the other bounty hunters in the bounty hunters. By scene. Bosk? Uh, yeah, by Bosk and Who's the guy IG-88. With the, the guy with the turban? Dengar. Oh, oh lordy. I, 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 don't, I always thought that they were so interesting, and I wanted to see... Dengar. Bosk was so interesting. Yeah. Look at how he doesn't wear shoes, guys. Look at his feet. He's a yeah. lizard man. I thought that there was more to explore than Boba Fett. And then when they did explore Boba Fett later on, um, I didn't care. It was just like well, they explored Boba Fett in the in the shitty movies no one likes. Yeah. So, and they fucked it up like everything else. But there are parts in the shitty movies that nobody likes that I like. But that like part yeah, but like it's like like everyone's like Darth Vader's so cool. Let's see how he was, and then he's yippee. And he he makes C three PO for some reason, and whatever. Like just, I don't like this. Th- I don't know how many internet minutes, hours, days have been spent talking about the prequels or whatever. Just they suck. Yeah, they suck. Um, so yeah, back to the uh, holiday special. Harrison Ford. I need to talk about. He does not care in this <laughs> movie one fucking bit. He doesn't care. He d- clearly does not want to be there. I can't even stress how monotone this man is in this movie like and they they shoehorn in really uncharacteristic lines from han solo's character like he leans over and he touches chewie's arm or and he's like hey buddy you're the best pal i ever had (laughs) (laughs) and it's so even more unconvincing because he's doing it so monotone and like even he knows it's a betrayal of his character yeah he just has weird sentimental moments where he'll like (laughs) Like Han, like I don't, I, I, I usually don't like it when, when people say, oh, a character would never do this. And, yeah. You know, even though I did that yesterday. Yeah. But like, really, would Han really hug Chewbacca for like five seconds and be like, have a good life day, buddy? <laughs> Is that really like what he would do? No, it's not. It's not really. Um, and they they repurpose shots of him reacting to things i noticed this watching <laughs> i had to we had to rewind it there's just a scene where tie fighters or something are shooting at the millennium falcon he looks up and he's like huh huh and they reuse the same reaction shot like this movie is so cheap they had a million dollars to make this movie and they spent it almost 
immediately on their shit home home set and making these stupid segments and by the time they were done they didn't even have enough money to actually make fully functioning wookie costumes so at the end when they're celebrating life day and leia sings this embarrassing song about life day being a day of life and a day of love and a whatever not terrible singing though the singing was good um, the Wookiees are wearing red robes and they're entering Haley's Comet in a uh, in the Heaven's Gate sort of fashion. Uh, they don't have full they don't have full Wookiee costumes. They're just wearing cheap red fabric over their bodies, just heads. Um, <laughs> it's it's really bad. I think the problem, like, if we're getting down to what really went wrong with this, is there's there's just too many ideas and none of them are good. They wanted the well. First of all, the idea to have Star Wars as a variety show—that was just the worst idea ever. Because no, that's not the worst idea ever. No, sorry. Yes, it it is a wor- one of the worst ideas ever. Because like, w- no, like that doesn't it doesn't gel with it. And like, you could have done like a Life Day thing and just had like a small little. First of all, you know what? I'll fix this movie right away. Cut the runtime in half. Just have some action in there. Make like a little story with. Han and Chewbacca. I guess the I mean a big thing I guess is that they didn't have the actors forever. Like they they're not on screen for a ton. The main trio. No. And but when when they are like every every character gets their own little segment. Like Han gets a segment with Chewbacca, and then Luke gets this extremely creepy segment. Yeah, that we need to talk about that. Where right now. Mala and Itchy call him because they're in a panic to find out where Chewbacca is. So they're calling all of his buddies. Like when your mom's trying to figure out where you were last night at a sleepover or something. And, uh, <laughs> and they call Luke and he's like, Oh, Chewie's not there yet. Oh, well, I don't know where <sighs> he is. And his eyes are huge. I I think he's in full makeup because this was shortly after he got into a car accident. Yeah. And he needed to get some sort of facial facial surgery or something. Um. So I think he's in full makeup. With he has like eyeliner on clearly, and I think he's wearing concealer. But his eyes are so wide. He has this uncanny orange glow on his skin, which I guess is the makeup. And his eyes are at full moon at every given point in time that he's talking. It he he's like a plasticine doll of Jeffrey Dahmer come to life. I it, don't know how to describe it. it it's so, <laughs> it's so horrible. <laughs> it's like he he's put Chewbacca and Han Solo into the wood chipper in the backyard. Yes, and and, and it's f- yeah, it's funny because the way he talks, he says, "Oh, it's like in the horror movie when the when the psycho guy's like, I don't know where they went. They should have been back by now." Yeah, and that's how exactly how Luke is talking. And it, yeah, it sounds like they have him in the. He has Han and Chewie in the wood chipper in the back, and they don't want to know. And after the transmission, he's gonna say, "You little rats! <laughs> Your family's looking for you, but they'll never come." <laughs> yeah, so Luke gets a segment. Leia gets a segment where she's in this like 1984 looking room doing taxes, or as as a, as one does. I mean, she's general or princess or whatever, so she's got bureaucratic stuff i mean you can't just like blow up a planet and there's no paperwork there right so that's probably the leftover from the last year she she doesn't speak wookie luke speaks wookie for some reason yeah and, and han does but leia needs c3po to translate 
And then yeah, and then in this in the cartoon, Art Luke doesn't understand R two, even though I'm pretty sure he always did. Yeah. So there's just like weird language inconsistencies, which is just to show that they didn't give a shit. Also, I can't I can't believe that I haven't mentioned this or not. So in the movie or in the TV special where it's based, it's centered around these Wookiee characters. And if you know anything about Star Wars, you know that Wookiees speak by making growls and howls and whatnot. There are no subtitles in this. So when you're listening to Itchy and Lumpy and Poopy and Pee Pee um, <laughs> moan and growl, you don't know what they're saying. It's unknown what they're saying. You kind of just have to fill in the blanks in your mind. It's kind of like when your dog is barking and you're just kind of like, I think I know what's going on, but like, not really. Like, he could have like intestinal worms or something and I wouldn't really know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Um, The only person to kind of bridge the screaming Wookiees with the human audience is this character named Son Dan. He's just this eccentric merchant. Uh, he's based off of a concept worked for Lando Calrissian, believe it or not. And he comes in and brings gifts because Life Day is a day of giving gifts or something. And so he gives Lumpy his Commodore 64. He gives Mala. It's never explained. I think he gives her. It looks like a sewing machine. I don't. I don't even remember when he gives gifts. I was really. <laughs> I don't remember. And he gives itchy some sort of machine the co- the commodore no itchy the grandpa he gives him oh yeah oh he gives him a machine oh yeah so it looks like basically th- those things that women would used to use or maybe still use or, like, or men it's like those hair dryers that your that your mom probably has or the ones they have at the salon yeah but it goes over your whole head yeah and Son Dan said, and I quote, let me pull up this quote here, describing what the machine does. Um, he says, it's one of those, uh, it's a real, it's kind of hard to explain. It's a wow, if you know what I mean. And after that, Itchy gets plugged into, plugged into the mainframe. And we get this segment of him watching this woman. And I can only describe it as softcore pornography. So it opens in this, like, this, you think it's, like, this, like, light show, and it's, like, blinking and uh, uh, against the darkness, and you're like, cool. And then this, and then this woman in a, (laughs) she's got, like, the pink, I don't even know what to call that. It's, like, the pink, when you have just, like, this weird shimmery hair wig that you put on, and it's, like, made out of, of, like, whatever glitter's made out of. Yeah. And she's just in. She's all but giving him jerk off instructions. She says things like, "I'm your, f- not your, uh, not your fantasy, but like I'm your, I'm your thoughts, I'm, I'm your y- desire, I'm your Venus, I'm your fire." Yeah, and and then she says something like, "Experience me." It's. <laughs> And it's like, I mean, the, the the obvious vibe from this is that he's watching porn. Yeah. But, I mean, and there's, and, like, this is one of the most baffling things about this, this whole thing. Because, one, why did they think they should put that in what's presumably aimed at kids, especially the way it treats us? Yeah. Why did they get uh, Diane Carroll, who was in, why did she agree to do this, which was, like, this Because weird. of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, well, I... 
this is what really took Star Wars down a notch is that, you know, it was Star Wars and now it's like, you know, anybody can be in Star Wars. I was in the holiday special. Right. And yeah, I don't know. I thought it was uh I thought it was pretty cool. I was uh, pretty I was really uncomfortable. Especially uh, where when Itchy is making what appears to be sexual grunts mm. at mm. That's kind of a Yoda, but he's like very like <laughs> <laughs> and what's that one line that she repeats over and over again? I don't know. It was basically like I think I don't I know. I think it was experience me. I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. She's saying these weird sensual things that like she's not saying anything that can be construed as sexual if like the FCC went to CBS and said, Why did you put this on TV? Yeah. They could be like, Whoa, she didn't say anything, but like she's saying things, you know? And, but then all she does, <laughs> the build up to it is she just sings a shitty song. Yeah, she sings a <laughs> shitty song. And that's it. That's the whole segment. And then it goes on to the next one. And what one of the weirdest ones is when the Imperials are searching uh, their home. Um, Itchy. Oh wait, no, sorry. The thing that they got, uh, Sondan gave to Mala was that music video machine. Jefferson Starship. Yeah. So we get, it's it's so weird because he says to the Imperial officer, "Okay, just watch this video. It's kind of cool, and it's just this music video, and it's like if a policeman broke was." you know, searching your house. And he said, hey, watch this Maroon 5 music video. And he sat there for five minutes smiling and, like, <laughs> nodding at the screen, like, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. I don't know if this is some sort of uh, satire, like, meant to show Imperial officers as, like, morons or something. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we get a Jefferson Starship music video. An original track. And f- and you know what? I Before I saw the special... I know I know of Jefferson Airplane, okay? I'm not that I'm not that uncultured. But when they introduced Jefferson Starship, I thought that was a joke. A joke, but yeah. it was not a joke. That's a real band. And the song is the song, yeah, it songs. Look, is it good? No. It's kind of catchy. I would say look, of all <laughs> it's probably one of the more enjoyable segments. Um especially compared to what I think is the worst segment of all which is the acrobat scene and the acrobat scene lasts for so long basically if you remember the hollow chest from star wars a new hope which they do make sure to show at the end of the film in the highlight reel they just show clips from new hope because uh, you love that right oh we forgot to talk about uh the beginning before the but keep going no, we can talk about that now, and it's fu- it's funny because in the beginning of the movie, it's it's a little ad from CP C three PO and R two D two. C three PO comes up and says something to the effect of, "Ah, remember the film Star Wars? You love Star Wars, the characters." And then he launches into like a Kenner toys ad. Yeah. And then he's like, "Don't forget to ask your mom and dad to buy these toys for you <laughs> this Christmas." Uh, and it's so shameless. And I mean, like, whatever. Star Wars has always been commercial. Like, Star Wars is, is, it's always been commercialized. But it's especially funny because they're like, please like this. <laughs> they knew what they, they were doing. They, they preface it with, you love the original uh, Star Wars movie. Like, they say that. They say something, like, are very close to that. To yeah. the point where it's like, hmm. Uh, that's probably when people started saying, uh, that's kind of weird. I don't know why <laughs> they would say that. Uh, let's launch it to the special anyway. 
um, and the ad is and that is great, and I love that. I wonder if that's actually Anthony Daniels in costume or speaking. It's speaking. I'm sure it was. In costume, it's like whatever they can just because I if it's if it's speaking, they could have just got him over the phone or yeah. whatever to yeah. send the tape. And I mean, they already got him for this, so I mean, yeah. Uh, the ac as we were saying, the acrobat sequence. Basically, they're dressed in these. Wi- yeah, so the hollow chest sequence from New Hope, which is like not. It's like whatever a strategy game or whatever yeah. it is. Um, they have one of those in Chewbacca's home, and Lumpy plays it. And it's just this acrobat sequence. The acrobatics are fine, but they're all dressed weirdly, I guess, to fit the Star Wars theme. And they're all colored. And then there's this guy with the trumpet. And uh, it's really surreal. And then you just get reaction shots of Lumpy, and he's doing this creepy smile. Yeah, the, the <laughs> I've seen so many reaction images of Lumpy yeah. and his weird, yeah. like wide-eyed smile and like his gummy thing I, I think the biggest problem is that other than the the animated segment none of the segments feel like they would be in the star wars universe yes although i guess i guess you could say the moise mose eisley one is because it's just in mose eisley but of course that breaks into the musical number and that does not feel very star wars it's not even that it's and just the lady working the stand just acts really odd. She acts like a Hell's Kitchen bartender. Yeah. And one of the original characters in the movie is this guy that goes to the Maz Eisley. Or it's not actually Maz Eisley. It's some silly no-name place, but I'm just going to call it Maz Eisley. But it does have the Jizz Whalers and the Cantina. And they're pl- aren't they playing the Cantina yep, song? Yep. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, There's this guy that comes in to flirt with, or to confess his love to this bartender, and all he is is just a guy with a volcano head where the top of his head is his stomach, I assume, and he pours his drink into it. Funny little gag where he pours the drink into the... And that's a... Th- I guess that's a big problem with the movies that they're so centered around making gags than they are making a Star Wars product. Yeah. Because in the original, I keep saying, I've said that so many times, uh, in the original Star Wars... It's okay, buddy. We know you love it. The the cantina scene, yes, it has really crappy design, but it's charming. And I'm fine with things being new. It's not that this thing is different and I therefore I hate it. It's just this guy, All he just has an opening in his head. That's it. And he has this weird shtick where the lady said, come back soon or something. Yeah. And he's like, you love me. And that's milked for the m- a long portion. And none of it's funny, predictably. No. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, actually, I think it is in most Lively, by the way, because it was on Tattoo. Because there's specifically, it was an Imperial commercial, right? You yeah, it was on Tattoo. You can you can look it up here uh, uh, if you want. It was it wasn't Mos Eisley. It was its own uh, cantina. You could could look for that there. Um, I see. Yeah, the acrobatic scene. Every segment lasts so many minutes long. And when you say something lasts five minutes, you're like, that's not that long. But when all you're watching is a, an, a legit acrobatics demonstration, you go, wow, okay, yep, they're doing acrobatics. What does this have to do with the movie or the story? Okay, they're still going. 
and you just have to sit there and watch. It's like you're just getting tortured. <laughs> it's it's torturous. I've watched this three times now. I'm not watching it one more time <laughs> in my life. I'm not watching it again. I I don't care to. Uh, like seriously, and even you know what? I'm gonna play the devil's advocate here. The animated special is 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 cool, but it's not that cool. Okay. The sound quality on it is terrible, absolutely terrible sound quality, um, and the story sucks. The animation is just nice, but yeah, the story sucks. It's just like it. It just looks really pretty, and it's like except for Han, who looks like a racial caricature of white people, and <laughs> Luke, who has dead eyes for some reason, and Leia is just like a a generic. She doesn't even look like Carrie Fisher. She's nope. a generic pretty woman. Yeah, the other all, all the characters look like caricatures of themselves, except for Carrie Fisher, who just looks like a woman, like Long Island. You know, here's the thing: the cartoon. It's you know what the cartoon is like uh it's like uh Jendi Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. It looks really nice. It's no story. But st- but you know what? I'll still watch it. Yeah, still if they had made four if they had made three seasons of the Star Wars 70s cartoon, I'd watch it. I'd watch I watch Star watch Trek. Watch droids and uh, Ewoks. It looks cooler than like Star Trek animated series and I watch oh, some of that. boring. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um and and you did mention that it was comic artist who who was the art was inspired by a comic artist i i didn't i don't think i said that on air but we did talk about that yeah yeah the the supposedly the art the big influence was mobius who's done a lot of stuff with jodorowsky i believe he drew the incal and i mean it looks really pretty and it's got a nice color scheme and everything but and it w- and you know what? If you have the 2011 Complete Saga Blu-ray set, it's in there as an Easter egg. I don't know what kind of Konami code you have to press at the <laughs> intro s- screen, but you know what? Watch it. It's like, f- well, how long is it? Like seven minutes? Yeah, it's pretty short. Yeah, it's good. I don't know. Like, I people like that because it it's the only cool. thing that fits. Yeah, it's the only thing that fits. If they, had, you know, what? they should have maybe just done a whole special of animation. Yeah, that would have been cool. Um, one thing that we forgot to mention, I don't know if we can really describe it on air, but it's probably my favorite part of the special just because of how funny it is. When the Imperials are invading the Wookiee home, there are a couple stormtroopers there, and these guys point their guns in the faces of anyone that moves, and it's... <laughs> They the do it without hesitation. The way the the funny thing, yeah. Anytime any there's a, even a minor transgression from anybody who's not an imperial, they just p- shove the gun in their face. And what's funny is that they shove the gun in their face in such a comical way that it almost makes me think like they know the guns don't work and they're <laughs> like they really have to threaten you. Like they sh- they put it right in front of their face and they go inches and they away. St- and they stick their arms out all the way. And it's funny because the stormtroopers don't say anything too. So our con our Carney's character Sondan will be like, "Oh, I just forgot something. I guess I'll just come back." And then the guy points it in his face, <laughs> and he goes, "Ah, never mind. I'll leave." And then he comes back and he does it again. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's really funny. Uh, uh, another good segment is um, they're looking for evidence of Chewbacca in this in this home, and they go up to Lumpy's room, <laughs> and they just start throwing everything fucking around in his room. They destroy it completely. They throw all of his toys everywhere. They de- they destroy his Bantha toy. Or they rip animal. his Bantha head. And that's in, that was like Ewok level in Return of the Jedi sad for me is when they ripped his Bantha head off. 
And then he goes upstairs, grabs the banta, and he's like so sad. And he puts it in bed and he puts a blanket on it. I almost cried, man. <laughs> the way he treats that banta. <laughs> then the best part <laughs> is uh, Lumpy is, you know, waiting in the living room. They come back down, and the Imperial officer goes up to him. He's like, go clean your room. And <laughs> it's like. Oh, it's, uh, is, that a- is that before or after the Imperial Guard? Oh no! The computer card catches him on his Commodore, right? Yeah. And actually, I think the part I laughed at this most is that is that he picks it up and he just smashes it <laughs> super hard on the <laughs> ground, <laughs> like in almost a spastic way. He <laughs> smashes it on the ground, and Lumpy's like, <laughs> and then yeah, and then the officer's like, "Go clean your room." <laughs> <laughs> like they, they just make them comically evil in this movie. Yeah, and 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 like comically, it, yeah. Like even earlier when Sondan, he's like Sondan's like here's this tool. It'll clean every part of your body, and the guy was like, and then officer's like, I'll take. And they talk like that too. Yes, he's I'll like, I'll it. take it. And then he's like, uh, would you like to trade or pay for it? And he said, I, I said I'll take it. And then he just leaves <laughs> with it. Yeah, like, and and in this in this universe, the Star Wars Holiday Special Universe, every home has a screen in it that connects to the Imperial, whatever news broadcast network, and they can send out these emergency alerts. Very nineteen eighty four esque, where they have these mandatory screens in their house where the Imperial officers can just come on screen and go, "What? What do you have in here? Yeah. Where is Officer Two Four Two? And it's it looks terrible because it, it's just this one imperial guy and he's behind this weird purple and red background. He looks like Discount Mob Tarkin. Yeah, and he's he's unnamed and he, he pretty much every imperial officer is Discount Mob Tarkin because he's the best one. He's a he's a Grand Poobah. Yeah, and is is so tacky when they finally decide to stop antagonizing this random. Uh, Wookiee family that they have no evidence against. Uh, they leave behind a stormtrooper and to watch guard for... Cause he, they said stay behind for when the other male Wookiee who's supposed to be here arrives. <laughs> he may be uh, part of the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> so the stormtrooper's job is to just stand here and wait an indefinite amount of time in this home, it could be years before this Wookiee male back, yeah. comes back, and he's just going to be standing guard. Um, Han and Chewbacca do come back, and they put a the stormtrooper in a situation where he falls from the balcony of. The they push him. Do they push him? Like Han, I thought, he just fell. Han like pushes him like a little bit. I thought he was just like whoa. No, Han jumps in and like he basically pushes him, and he falls. And he breaks the railing, and he falls, like, uh, a kilometer down <laughs> to his death. And then they all just wrap it up like nothing would have happened. Oh, and it, then they call. Yes, they, they call, and they're like, where is Officer 2427? And Sondan's like, I don't know. Uh, he Oh, no, he said uh, he left and took all of their belongings and abandoned ship. And they're like, mm, okay, duly noted. Uh, we'll report back. 
And I guess that's it. Uh, I guess they're going to go back and find the dead body <laughs> and the broken railing, and they're going to go, hmm, I don't think he actually stole anything. So I think they killed him. I think really Han Solo like, really condemned his family. That's why you don't hear anything. That's why you don't hear anything l- about the family later is because I don't think they made it out of this. No, probably this not. That was their last life day. <laughs> and then it just cuts to them walking through space and time. Chewbacca. It looks like Heaven's Gate. It looks like Heaven's Gate. The lumpy, itchy, scratchy, and poopy are all <laughs> in their red wardrobe, holding crystal balls that are glowing, and they're walking through space and time. And they enter Haley's Comet, and then they get transported to this place, which was actually just an aircraft hangar. And isn't there like a tree behind them? No. Okay, it's just like yeah, it's just an empty. Thing. It, it's actually in an aircraft hangar. And uh, all the other Wookiees come in their red wardrobes that they made from Fabricland. And they come in all holding their glowing crystal balls. And then Carrie Fisher sings a, a song about Life Day, which seems odd because Life Day is this Wookiee-specific holiday. And she's just there singing her song. It Yeah, because appara- I guess like nobody else in Star Wars celebrates Life Day because Luke and Han and... Han's like, we got to get you home for Life Day. It doesn't really... Nobody else really mentions Life Day like it's important. So I guess yeah. it's a Wookiee thing. But apparently... It's like when they get uh, it's like when they get a lady to sing the national anthem. It's like, you know, she doesn't give a damn, but it's for the for the people. You know, that's fair enough. She's a diplomat. She has to know. And and then the, the movie just ends. And then the movie ends. Uh, and they're praying over... They're all holding hands, praying over dinner. And then, yeah, the movie ends. That's it. So the movie, really, the story is stormtroopers discriminating against a Wookiee family, and then variety show segments. Yeah, but if you cut it out, the whole if you cut out the segments, all it is is really just discrimination, and then (laughs) Chewbacca and Han come back, murder a stormtrooper, and they go into space. and sing a song. Yeah, it's pretty. That's uh, yeah. R- so, what is the moral of the story? I mean, there's no more. Uh, the moral here is family is important. Is it? How do they display that? Because they are willing to kill a man with his own family and children just to spend one holiday together. Right. And if that's not familial dedication, I don't know what is. Uh, I think. The the biggest dedication is when Son Dan comes over, and he goes up to Ma and he's like, "Come on, give me a kiss." And <laughs> yeah, he's gonna give her a present. He's like, "Ah, uh, come on, first give me a kiss." <laughs> and it's like that weird uncle that everybody knows about, but nobody says anything because like we really can't afford another big family drama event before we all fall apart kind of deal. Yeah, and that's kind of the vibe you get from Son Dan, and like, she gives him the kiss. <laughs> And uh, I don't know. Maybe that didn't hold up so well. Uh, <laughs> it's, oh, and and when Luke calls too, uh, he's like, "Come on, Molly, give, give me, me a, a smile. smile." And then <laughs> she, I mean, the mask doesn't really move. She just keeps her facial expression as is. And he's like, "There's that pretty smile." Yeah, and he says it like that, <laughs> and arguably creepier than that too. It just sucks. I think why this thing failed was just because. It really didn't feel like Star Wars at all. Nothing about it did. Like, 
rock and roll music should not be in Star Wars when the whole movie is orchestrated by classical music. Or not, I mean... Orchestral. Orchestral music, symphony music. Uh, There should not be acrobatic scenes because we can see that in real life. We watch Star Wars to be amazed and inspired. I don't watch Star Wars so I can see acrobats, okay? I can I can see that in real life. That's cool enough. When you have a movie or when you have a franchise that's built around going light speed and space stations that can blow up planets, people doing cartwheels isn't exciting, okay? I can I can see that. I can see some woman singing some sexual song any day of the week, okay? I don't need a, a special. It's supposed to be special. I don't need a Star Wars special to show me that, okay? Okay. I really sympathize. Matt pointing this out. I really sympathize with the kids who were ex- so excited to see a Star Wars special to tie them over to the n- the next Star Wars movie, which is the best one, Empire Strikes Back, uh, they they sat through bullshit. Okay, they were they were probably heartbroken. This thing sucks. Well, that's why they never played it again. Cause yeah, it was one time. Everyone I, hated it. Like there's shitty stuff that plays every year at Christmas, like Home Alone. Well, like, you know, I won't go that. F- like Home Alone, it's like it's not shitty. Like it's like it's in d- whatever. It's whatever. Home Alone's fine. It's like I mean shitty stuff like Christmas with the Cranks. That yeah. movie's shitty. Yeah. Any like shitty special that they play, they're playing the special now. It probably will die. Out. How Murray saved Christmas. Fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, they j- they play piss all the time. Yeah. So and you know that's whatever because p- like watching shit is it just bec- I watch Christmas with the Cranks every day. Every year for like fifteen years, and then like I think it was two years ago, I was like, "Why do I still watch this when I hate this?" Fucking sucks. But not even and and you have to think about Star Wars mania in the seventies, and not even the Star Wars movie a brand could keep this fucking disaster afloat, uh, and nobody wanted to watch it again. Whether it was because Lucas was a shameful. Or the CBS was like the ratings suck, or everyone said this is the worst thing ever. No, the ratings were great. Oh really? Million? Uh, yes, millions of people watched it. They were excited for this. Yeah, and well, yeah. It it just it sucks. It's. I I would say, this is the worst Star Wars media, below Attack of the Clones. Yes. However, I like it more than Attack of the Clones. Like you would, you would rather watch it more. Like again, wow. Like I if I, if you came over and I said, okay, we're watching either Star Wars Holiday Special or Attack of the Clones. Well, we just saw the Holiday Special, so. Well, just imagine it's in a, f- you know, a month from now. Which one are you picking? Uh, Attack of the Clones is so bad. No, it, it's it's garbage writing. I don't know. Maybe like. <laughs> I don't know if it was, I was having such a good time if if I had a, good, a moderately good time in this because it was funny watching you squirm, <laughs> but I actually like this better than when I saw it some two years ago. And really? I, yeah, I saw it some two years ago, and I was like, not well. I'm not like into Star Wars now, but I I know some stuff. But back then, I'd just seen the three movies and I didn't care about anything else. And I saw the special with you, and yeah. I was like, this is piss. 
it was funny, mm-hmm. but I was like, man, I will never watch that again. <laughs> and now I'm watching it, and I'm like, I'll watch that next year. I'll watch that next year. You know what? If somebody said, let's watch Attack of the Clown, you know what? I decided. I'll watch special over this. But uh, but do you think that it's better than Attack of the Clones or worse? No. Okay. It's like but it's, it's more entertaining. Yeah. Okay. Attack of the Clones, that's a zero-bagger movie. Well, the laws of physics demand there be no. a, a bag. So there's so it's a quarter of a bag. Well, you veto. Well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, How many bags are you giving this special? I'm giving it. So here's what I need to do: is I'm doing a ten bag scale. No. Yep. Nope. Yeah, I'm doing it, and you can't you can't stop me. So no, not the ten bag scale. We're doing the ten bag scale because the five bag scale doesn't work if you can't do half bags. It because w- it works fine. No, it doesn't. I disagree. Oh, it doesn't work for Ebert. What the fuck does he know? <laughs> wow, we're gonna have to have a forgiving Luke special after what he just said, but we'll talk about that uh, at another date. So and we're off, d- I'm off the air. We're doing a ten bag scale. Well, you are. I'm not. Watch it. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. Ten bag scale. Or else. I'm not. How many bags are you giving it? One. Out of. You know what? Okay, sorry. Two. So, okay, so I'll just convert that to all the thinking men and women at home. Uh, He just giving it one bag out of five. Or two out of. Because I would give Attack of the Clones one. That's all. That's you round that up to one bag too. No, you don't round up, because now well, you now, now you're saying that they're now you're saying that they're equal by your no. scale. Yep. If I give if 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 a s- teacher gives two students A pluses on the paper, they're not equal. They're just both. No, they are. Mm, no. Yep. Because then you're saying standards of quality are like there's 10 levels of quality and nothing in between. Yep. Okay. Well, now you're just being silly. Look, okay, you give it one bag. For me, this... Did I enjoy watching this? Not really. Would I watch it again? Probably not. Do I recommend watching it? No. I give it three bags. Three? (laughs) Out of ten or out of five? I don't do ten out of five. So you gave you're giving it three out of five? Three bags. Are uh, you joking? Look, it's not good. Like there's I've no illusions. If I if I have to put on my you So know. it's a pass to you. Yeah, it's a pass. What? <laughs> Are you joking? Look, I don't know what you want me to say. It's it's got some It's a pass. It's got some laughs. What about it is a is a a story of merit? Ah, it's just f- a fun time. That does, I didn't ask if it was fun or not. I said, what about it has is luck worthy luck, of any sort of positive luck. praise? Art is about how art is about the way it makes you feel. That's some hippie bullshit. Okay, art is a you know what you can say whatever you want. It's not art a pass. It's not a, it's not a pass. Art is about the way it makes you feel. And if you watch a piece of art, or you read it, or you, oh, just s- fuck off. Or you smell Shut it. Shut the fuck up. Or you taste Shut up. It. Shut up. Look, it's a three bag. It's, it's three bags. It's not. You're telling me how many bags I can give? I. You know what? In this case, I am. 
Okay. It's not a pass. It's how I'm many bags am I giving it then? Tell me how many I'm giving. I it. don't know, but just no, tell I'm me because you're saying, deciding. All I'm saying is think about it. No, tell me because you're deciding. How many bags I give? No, it. I need look. You can give it three bags. That's fine. But I'm gonna explain why it's a one, a, okay. a two bagger out of ten for me. So this move, uh, I'm gonna continue on with what I started earlier, which is that it's just, it's not Star Wars. It's not why people watch Star Wars. That's the main reason. Second thing is that if you strip away all of the variety segments, it has no plot or no plot of any sort of merit. None of the actors want to be there. Everything's phoned in except for the people who think, oh, this is my one time to be in Star Wars. Let's make this worthwhile. Like the lady singing her porn song or the lady singing just one more drink friend at the cantina when her... Just one more drink (laughs) friend. Oh, and I forgot to mention, um, when they're shooting that, they were so hot in the costumes and they were so oxygen deprived that nurses were on set feeding people oxygen in between shots. In the in the bar scene? Yep. Where was that? Where was that filmed? Why was it so hot? Uh, It was filmed in the can't in the same repurposed cantina set. So was but it also hot and? But they said that was it also hot in a new hope. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna have to look that up. But they said that like people couldn't be in those costumes for more than twenty minutes, or they were gonna be, you know, passing out. That's probably probably why they had this scene so that they're all leaving. <laughs> probably. Um. Yeah. What was I saying? You're saying why this movie is a two, uh, one yeah. bagger. Yeah. So. Nothing feels like it sh- should be in there. All the segments last painfully long, and especially when you just don't care about them. Like I, I don't, I don't want Star Wars to watch some rock and roll music video with pink lights over top of it. I don't watch it for some lady singing softcore porn songs. I don't watch it for acrobatics. I don't watch it for some Son Dan character selling a toothbrush to an imperial officer. I don't, <laughs> I don't watch it. For an instructional video on how to set up your Commodore 64 by a robot that doesn't work. So he takes 30 seconds in between every sentence to fix himself. I watch it to be inspired and to be brought into this world. And in this world, I'd rather be burning in hell (laughs) than watching this again. Um... All the characters suck. Everything is just repurposed garbage. And Life Day fucking sucks. Fuck Life Day. Just another classic example of uh, discrimination against the Wookiees. I don't know. Just fuck Life Day. And fuck that piss Heaven's Gate knockoff. Not the actual Heaven's Gate because they're cool. They're cool? Yep. Okay, we're going to have to cut that. Um, do you have any, is that, have you said your piece now? Is that it? It sucks. It sucks. It's not good. I'm glad that only one copy of it known exists. And that was Carrie Fisher had a copy of it. Other than that, all that exists are bootlegs. I would love to get my hands on like an actual original VHS bootleg of this. When Rise of Skywalker underperforms at the box office, and then they have to make a it's new... It's not going to underperform at the box office. Whatever. After Rise of Skywalker gets terrible reviews, 
and then nobody cares about whatever sh- Star Wars story bullshit they put out next. They're going to put out the holiday special on Blu-ray because they want goodwill and people will buy it. J- j- record this, save it on your computer because I am right. They will do this. They won't do they it. They won't. The only reason they, they w- won't do it and they're not going to release a theatrical cut of the original The only either. reason they won't do that and they won't do the theatrical cut is if there's... Uh, rights issues with Fox, which there were before, but that shouldn't be a problem now because they own Fox. I'm sure there's some sort of contractual thing with George that he said, you guys can't do this. I don't think so because the, the, from what I've seen, the deal was that he just, like, Star Wars is yours. I don't... I don't really? That's what I... That's that's what I... That's my understanding of the situation is that Disney said, we'll give you this billion amount of dollars and we just have Lucasfilm. And everything associated with it. And he said, okay, because I'm done with Star Wars, so I don't care. And there isn't even an HD version of this holiday special. There, We saw like some test thing of people trying to up a bootleg. But really, all you can get is this fuzzy VHS rip. Which kind of adds to the uh, to the charm, if you ask me. I don't think... Yeah, I I, 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 I've always really liked how underground it is. Like, it was a one-time thing. And it's like it's funny that it's underground because it's Star Wars. Like yeah, it's it's underground. Most people, I I guess most people don't really know about this. Like the the kind of people who just watch Star Wars and then like they the see movie. BBA and they go, "Oh, he's new." Oh, he's new. Yeah. yeah. Um, they don't really know about this. It's kind of like a nerd thing. I mean, all nerds know about this now because there's a million YouTube videos about it. But the same with like you know the original Clone Wars or droids or Ewoks. Yeah. Or the the live action Ewok show, yeah, yeah, which I need to indulge myself in. Well, I don't think uh, that's a good idea since you hated this so bad. Yeah, I'll probably hate that. Well, who knows? Maybe there will be some gems. This this thing had one gem. Look, if you don't like two D Clone Wars, man, I don't know. What I like two D Clone Clone Wars stylistically. I'd watch it again. I, I like I, I'm just like the story is pretty weak in two D. Clo- well. That's a. We'll talk about that another day. Only babies care about the story. The story doesn't make you feel. Okay, and that's what well, art that's is about. Correct. Name one time you cried in Star Wars uh, CGI abomination plasticine model Clone Wars. Name one time you cried. Well, I don't. I I have. Name one time you cried. I. That's not fair because I haven't watched enough of it. I actually. I'm. Is it done? No, it's not done now. No, when it's done, and I don't really like watching shows live and waiting for new episodes. I'll watch all of it. Well, I mean, I've, okay, okay. Uh, this thing sucks. If you're a Star Wars fan, watch it. If you're not, don't fucking waste your time. Yeah, I'll say I give it three bags. But if you don't like. If you don't like Star Wars to a certain degree, this will probably just be really boring, which is probably why I didn't like it that much two years ago when I didn't give a rat's ass about Star Wars. And now I like it better. So if you have heard of the 2D Clone Wars show, watch this. And if you have not heard of the 2D Clone Wars show, and when I say that an image doesn't pop in your head, don't watch this. And that's uh, that's my litmus, litmus test. I... Uh seriously like maybe if you're the type of person who can just you know you have sort of an odd sense of humor and you'll just laugh at 
really awkward or crappy things, then you might like this. I wish I was the guy at every comedy show or movie theater where any joke happened and and they're just laughing their beer gut. Like when I saw Captain Marvel and there was that joke with the cat and this guy beside me was howling (laughs) about the cat joke. Those guys have made it. They've ascended. They just, they're just, I don't know what to say. Those people, I, I envy them. Because imagine going to the movies and everything's funny. Just, and you love everything. Imagine eating uh, yeah, bur- uh, food and everything's tasty. Yeah. That's life. Um, I would watch this with friends. Yeah, it's better. Don't watch this by yourself. Do not watch this by yourself because you're just going to turn it off. Watch it with friends. Laugh at the stormtroopers. Laugh at the embarrassing plea at the beginning of the of the movie show, whatever, who cares, uh, f- to buy merch. Uh, what was funny is that uh, when Star Wars, I'm going to say it again, first came out, uh, they weren't prepared for the success and they had no toys ready. So for the Christmas... No toys? Yeah, so for the Christmas season, you would buy a subscription. You, you bought a pre-order for Star Wars action figures. And if you paid into it, you would get your set of R2-D2, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Leia in the mail. D- you're telling me they didn't have an... They get had six months and they couldn't put out a toy. No, nope, they weren't ready for it. Embarrassing. Um, and with Boba Fett, if you collected how many ever barcodes of action figures that you bought, you would send that in and you would get a pre-order Boba Fett action figure. Not probably. That's probably worth like $5,000 now. No, but what is very like one of the holy grails of Star Wars is he was originally supposed to have a rocket action feature where he would shoot out this little rocket from his backpack. And then Kenner says, oh, wait, that's a stupid fucking idea because kids will choke on this. So they cut it. And there were. Yeah, they still do. They still make they made toys like that in like now. So that's weird that they would think that in the 70s. Yeah. So they didn't back then. uh, And on toys like. On a Greedo action figure, for example, it, it shows on the back, like, marketing for other toys. It shows Boba Fett with this rocket b- jetpack, rocket-firing jetpack, that there's only one copy of the rocket-firing jetpack Boba Fett, and it's a prototype, and it's worth, like, $150,000. It's the only one that exists. Wow. The other ones were just glued down, and they couldn't fire. Oh, I see. Yeah, they they wanted Boba Fett to be big, and he he was. I don't I don't know if that was through guerrilla marketing or, or what, because I don't think he's that impressive. And you know, at the end of the day, that's a real big takeaway from this thing is that they showed Boba Fett. No one cares about Lumpy. No one cares about Itchy or Mala. They just cared that they saw Boba Fett for the first time. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, you're right. That's a big thing. People go, did you know that Boba Fett was first seen in the holiday special? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, people love Boba Fett because he's epic and because he looks cool. He looks cool and he gets babes in Return of the Jedi. It's it's just like he's just the he's just the cowboy. He's the cowboy. You know, it's funny that he's the man with no name because he's just like a western guy where he just doesn't talk a lot. He's got a cool costume. He's kind of mysterious and he's good at what he does. Like I I don't know if it was a rights thing. I don't know why they didn't make the Mandalorian just about Boba Fett. It's not a rights thing for sure. They just don't. Well, why? What would they do? Pre, pre Empire. Uh, you know what? The problem. I think the problem with doing Boba Fett show is that 
you're gonna have people go, well, that's not what Boba Fett would do. That's fair. Yeah, they can kind of just eliminate all that by making a new character. There's no rights in because they were gonna do. A, they were planning a, a Boba, Boba Fett, Fett movie, movie, but Solo Star Wars story was terrible, and now I don't even think we're getting the Kenobi movie. We're not. We're getting Kenobi show on Disney Plus. Yeah, and I'll be full of hello there memes, which will be heck of funny. That'd be kind of funny. Uh, I hope I don't watch this thing again. But I probably will. Um, I'll watch it again. Any sort of last comments you have about it? No. Um. No. That's it. We said our. We said both of our pieces. I think. To wrap up, you know, I'm giving it one bag out of ten. Matthew is giving it six bags out of ten. Three bags out of five. Six bags out of ten. We'll. We'll do some discussion off air and we'll solidify if we're doing 10 or 5 bags in the future because I don't want to have this problem happen again on the air again, I hope. Okay? Are you listening? Yeah. What did I say? I just, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't really want to talk about it. I'm doing my bags. I'm doing five bags, and if you don't want to do five bags, then whatever. I just I'm doing five bags, and I don't really give a sh. I don't really. Give I guess I you know quickly if you just want to elaborate, like just why, and not that, for argumentative sake, just like I elaborate why I gave it one. Do you want to say why you think it's a three out of five? Just for pure entertainment value. Entertainment alone. That's it. What are the points off then? Wasn't entertaining enough. The parts that aren't entertaining, which is like the acrobat show. Yeah. Like the goodbye, my f- uh, like one more drink, friend. Like I was like, ha ha, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The stuff that's like the acrobat stuff gets point. Even the acrobat stuff wasn't that bad. The p- stuff that gets points off is like any reaction shot of Lumpy. Yeah. Um. Any scene of Han Solo and Chewbacca in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> that's arguably arguably any any part of the movie. F- that has actors or scenes from the original film is arguably the worst part of this Luke creepy thing. I didn't go back and check, but there's a scene where the Millennium Falcon is flying into Kashyyyk. And by the way, they don't even mention the word Kashyyyk in this movie. They call it Wookiee Planet C. Oh, really? Yeah, remember when yeah, we watched Wookie it, we were like, is there a, like 26 different... Wookiee Planets A through Z? Yeah. Or A through Z? I, maybe it was in the script, but that's kind of like one of those famous things that... Like, they never say Kashyyyk in the original trilogy, but people just knew. And they never say the word Ewok in the original trilogy, but people just know that they're called Ewoks. Yeah. And what's the one with, like, Emperor Palpatine? Yeah. He doesn't use, like, a lightsaber, but... Or they say the word lightsaber, like, only a couple of times. Do they even call him Palpatine? No, they just call him the Emperor. That's another one. Yeah. So, he was just the Emperor, and then... and then in the prequels, he's she's Palpatine or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next week, we were going to do Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 1 and 2, but we kind of ran out of time here because the studio is closing, uh, closing up for the holidays, and we don't have time for a double feature. So we'll do that over the holiday break, and we'll get that back to you the Monday of the studio opening up again. And then after that, we'll be doing Ed Wood. And then do we have a plan for one after that? We do not. What are you in the mood for? 
What sort of genre are you in the mood for? We don't have to decide this right now. We'll decide it right now. On the cuff. Well, let's do uh, let's do Atomic Cafe. Atomic Cafe? Yeah. Okay, so after Ed Wood, it'll be Atomic Cafe. Um, Star Wars Holiday Special. Don't watch it. Well, watch it if you want to. Watch it if you want to with friends. If you're watching it alone, I feel bad for you. And yeah, that's pretty much that's my piece. And I think that's that should wrap up the show. And you know what? I promise that when we come back, we'll have an intro and a conclusion. Like a sound or yeah, like a little thing. You know how be, you know you know how the professionals on Beyond the Panel, for example, do where they have the nice theme. And then Brian Svensson says, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children. All right, this isn't all, a, all right, this isn't a platform to advertise other things, okay? This uh Tuesday at five thirty if you want to listen to it on Beyond the Panel. Thanks. On UMF Online. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Alright. Don't do that again. I just want to see. Pardon me? I just want to I'm just trying to get some publicity for the show. It'll get a lot of viewers. Okay, well, it's not for this. Well, I just if this takes off, then why not you just use that for my thing? Yeah, that's what they say, but okay. Just let me do my show. Anyways, haha, <laughs> yep. So, Star Wars holiday special, don't watch it. Uh, we'll be seeing you guys soon. Have a have a happy life day or whatever you're celebrating. <laughs> And <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, stay classy, Winnipeg. Uh, you know, stay OS, old school for life. Uh, bye. <laughs>